You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Greetings, beloved, in the matchless name of King Jesus. Welcome to another episode slash edition of Doctrine and Duty. Well, uh, this is going to be a very personal episode. Uh, this time talking about uh, being a pastor and going to take you on a little bit of a journey uh, to think about uh, this concept. Now, I want to warn you, I'm recording this the first week of August in anticipation of the other podcasts uh, that have already been done, hitting when they need to, taking about a month off for my sabbatical, and then this podcast should hit around the first or second week of October, which... October has been known for many years as Pastor Appreciation Month. So I want to talk to you a little bit about being a pastor. I remember as a boy growing up, I grew up in church. We went, I would say most of the time the doors were open, and um, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, that sort of thing. I remember having um, a crisis in my life. I was in college, and something was happening. I didn't know what was happening Hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, um, but uh, I remember my dear aunt, Aunt Helen. Well, she was Aunt Helen to me. She passed away, and she was uh, an aunt um, who I had spent summers with for many years. Uh, she and her mom, who would be my great grandmother, so my great aunt, my great grandmother. But Aunt Helen passed away, and I was at her um, viewing visitation, and my pastor. Um, at my church. He was not the pastor then, but he was the pastor when I got saved. Um, His name was Reverend King Thetford. What a name, right? King Thetford. He was a super humble, godly man, um, pastor of the little church there in Tennessee, in West Tennessee, my hometown. And he, he looked at me and he said, have you started preaching yet? And I thought, all of these thoughts flooded my mind. I thought, what's wrong with him? Why is he asking me that? Uh, did I somehow say that I was going to be a pastor without knowing I had said that? Um, a flood of emotions went through me. I, I really don't even remember how I got home that night. Um, I was just so upset that he asked me that question. And that that really uh, began a journey. And that was in January of 1994. It began a, a very quick journey, <laughs> actually, uh, about what it was that God wanted me to do with my life. I had my life already mapped out. I was going to college. Uh, I was going to uh, become, uh, I was going to work in anesthesia and make a lot of money very quickly. That was my goal. That was my dream in life. And, um, in the midst of that, at my aunt's funeral, he had the nerve to ask me that question. Well, fast forward um, uh, 4-24 of 94, uh, April 24th, 1994, after much counseling, counsel, praying, searching the scriptures, uh, struggling, uh, pondering, um, crying, weeping, wondering what was wrong with me, uh, and uh, all of those things on... Uh, April 24th, 1994, I surrendered to the ministry. And what that means, basically, for those of you who might not understand the concept, is at that time, I devoted myself to Christian ministry. I I realized that there was no path for me other than doing God's work uh, full-time, vocationally. So everything that I had uh, thought I was going to do, everything I had 
been educated to do. So I thought uh, all of that was uh, pretty much uh, changed, directions changed. So, uh, yeah, Reverend King Thetford, good man. Uh, the pastor at the church, uh, at my church at that time, he told me that, you know, in the midst of me searching, if you could do anything else other than be a pastor, then you should do it. But if you can find uh, joy in nothing else but being a pastor, then you need to do it. Well, I, I later found out that, that was a quote from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, one that he used to tell, uh, he used to encourage and counsel uh, his preaching students in his preacher school um, a couple hundred years ago. So uh, that's where I was. That's where I found myself. Uh, April 24, 1994, surrendering to the ministry and seeking to do uh, God's will in Christian vocational service. So, I didn't really understand what all that meant. <laughs> I, did. I knew that I had to, to go to school. Um, uh, I remember uh, one older person in my church told me uh, with the country accent that I need to go to seminary, and I thought they said the cemetery, and I, I thought, well, okay. That, that makes a little bit of sense, I guess, because the pastor asked me at, at the visitation, so maybe I do need to go uh, hang out with the dead and figure some stuff out. But it was actually seminary, not cemetery, uh, that I was to, to instructed to go to. So I found myself in college um, in, in my third year of uh, nursing school, uh, seeking a Bachelor of Science in Nursing. Um, what would I do? I'm not called to be that. That's not going to be my vocation anymore. So what am I to do? And... Uh, with counsel from pastors and others who've been educated in seminaries, I, I learned that seminary would take any four-year degree. So that was great. Uh, I wouldn't have to do anything different because basically in the middle of, toward the end of my third year of nursing school, I would have had to, to basically become a freshman all over again and take Bible classes to get some sort of Bible degree since I had only had one Bible class while I was there in, in the Christian college that I went to, Union University in Jackson, Tennessee, a great school. Um, so I finished my nursing degree, and um, use that, obviously, to work and to make money, to go through seminary debt-free. Back up a little bit, um, graduated uh, with that BSN degree in um, May of 95, married my wonderful wife, Christy, in June of 1995. July of 1995, we moved to Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in Wake Forest, North Carolina, to begin my seminary degree, where I would earn a Master of Divinity with languages. And um, while I was there, I wanted to be a pastor so badly because that was God's call on my life. I cried, I wept because no one would have me. They did, they wanted someone with experience. Um, I had none. Finally, I found a, a volunteer ministry where I was a, an associate pastor of sorts um, in in North Car in North Carolina. Um, slash Virginia. It was really close to the Virginia line. So we drove about 50 miles one way every Sunday and on some Wednesdays uh, to serve at this little church. Uh, upon graduation from seminary, uh, we moved on graduation day. I was so excited again to be a pastor. And we moved to Trenton, Tennessee, where I became the pastor uh, of uh, Whitehall Baptist Church. I was there for four years. It was uh, toward the end of my ministry there that I began pursuing my doctorate degree through Southern Seminary. And then God moved us to Bardwell Baptist Church in Bardwell, Kentucky, where I spent three years, finished my doctorate degree, and then God would call me to Suffolk, Virginia. 
in the midst of all of that, I look back and, uh, you know, a lot has happened. I don't have time in, in a podcast to talk about everything, but obviously we have three children, two of which are grown, one of which is married uh, in that time frame. And um, it just, you know, it all goes back to the Lord's providence and working at, at a visitation from my aunt uh, through a, a godly, humble man who was a pastor who God put on his heart. When I, when I was baptized, that I would become a pastor. So when he baptized me when I was eight years old, God burdened his heart that I would be a pastor one day. Thank goodness he did not tell me that. He never mentioned that until uh, I had already surrendered to the ministry. Later on, I went to his home to visit him. Uh, and it was there that he told me, you know, that he was thankful that I had surrendered to God's call upon my life. But it was there that he told me what a tough life I would have. Um, I, was, I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting, I guess, to become the next greatest pastor or whatever with no problems. Um, I didn't understand the ministry whatsoever. But he told me that ministry was one of the hardest things you could ever do, he said, in his lifetime. But he said he couldn't imagine doing it in my lifetime. He could never have been more right. Um, I never dreamed the challenges that I would face as a pastor. Um, I never dreamed uh, all of the struggles that would be a part of a pastor's life, uh, the personal struggles. Uh, mental, emotional, spiritual, uh, family struggles, um, church struggles, uh, life struggles, health struggles, so many things that come. Uh, th- there's no reason why it's listed as one of the most detrimental vocations out there in numerous sources because of the the heaviness, the heartache, the weight, the stress, the burden uh, that the ministry entails. Uh, fast forward to <clears throat> uh, last week of July and talking to someone about the ministry. And uh, he just asked a few questions. Doesn't go to my church uh, or anything like that, but just ask a few questions about what I did and the ministry and those sorts of things. And I began to share, and um, I just thought about how many brothers um, that went to seminary with me who were no longer in the ministry. I I thought about how many pastors had been broken and hurt um, because of mean people. I thought of how many pastors had had become selfish and prideful and sinful and had been disqualified uh, from the ministry themselves. I, I thought about my own hurt and pain um, caused by, by those who claim to be followers of Christ. And I, I tell you, um, I'm thankful for people who love pastors, um, who see us as humans, who are broken just like others are, just in different ways. But we have a high and holy calling. We are accountable to God for what we say and do. We're accountable for to God for the people that we shepherd. And some people just don't get that. Some people think that the pastor needs to be bossed or needs to be ruled over or lorded over or needs to be kept humble or um, needs to be somehow Jesus-esque. Uh, and certainly we all as believers are called to be like Jesus, but... Um, there's been a lot of unfair judging and unfair expectations I know placed upon me in ministry. And, you know, I have been hurt by the world. There's, there've been a few instances and occasions where I've been attacked uh, publicly um, uh, through media. And I mean, just vicious attacks, but most of my attacks have come from within the body of Christ, um, the people of God. And so if you're listening to this podcast, I just really want to encourage you to encourage your pastor. Um, And if you're listening to this podcast and I am your pastor, that's okay. It fits. Uh, There are three other pastors here that you can encourage as well. Uh, But whoever finds yourself listening to this, be a a supporter, be a a fan of pastors. 
Uh, love them unconditionally. Realize that they're they're a broken people and they have hurts. Uh, the deal is everything about them, however, is public information typically, and they live in a glass house, uh, pastors. They have real struggles, real temptations, real sins, uh, but sometimes they're they're just not treated fairly by the people of God. Certainly want to encourage you. I also want to encourage you with Scripture. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse 12, it says, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And so the command of God for the people of God who have a pastor is to respect. Um, Respect the pastor. His job is to be over you spiritually. Under the lordship of Christ, he is to be over you. He is to admonish you. And he is to be respected and esteemed very highly. Uh, Not just respected and esteemed highly, but respected and esteemed highly in love. Because of... of the work of God, uh, because of God's call. Uh, I realized at a very young age, by the grace of God, I couldn't do anything else and be happy. But then the, the longer I was in the ministry, I realized that there are people who are bent on keeping that happiness from me. And in churches, I've seen people come and go, people who've been my friends, they've been my family, they've had my back, they've been to my home, we've been on trips together, only to find out one day that I had been abandoned and forsaken by them, as if I was some unwanted, uh, shriveled-up french fry left over after a meal that just gets thrown in the trash. Uh, beloved, don't don't treat your pastor this way. Respect them, love them, encourage them. Another text of Scripture is Hebrews 13 and verse 7. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Um, when a pastor gets life right, follow him. Uh, unless your pastor is is found guilty of some gross moral sin. Support your pastor. Follow your pastor. He's not perfect, um, but he has a whole lot of people. Uh, Satan himself, he has a whole lot of folks fighting and working against him. You, as a, as a child of God in that local church, you need to be found to be supportive and faithful to your pastor. In Hebrews 13, In verse 17, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will will have to give an account. Um, I I don't take the job of shepherding lightly. Uh, It would be so much easier to be a liberal and to not, to be a liberal who didn't care about theology and, and to be a careless person who didn't care about people's souls or didn't care, just wanted to please people, just wanted to get a paycheck, just wanted things to be easy. It would be, it would be easy to do that, but we as pastors choose to take the high road to have conservative theological, um, a conservative theological stance, but also to do the right thing morally and to do the right thing no matter what people say, no matter what people do, to do the right thing. Because we, we have to stand before God one day and give an account uh, to Him of our actions as leaders who watch over the souls of men and women, boys and girls. It says, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Um, let the pastor have a life of joy. Help, help him maintain joy. Don't prevent him from finding or having joy. Be someone who supports him in such a way that that his ministry is a joyful experience. And it says, and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. The church who does not love or support its pastor is a miserable church, a miserable, wretched church. Don't be that church. To God be the glory. October, Pastor Appreciation Month. Find your pastor. Find a pastor. Love him. Support him. Encourage him. 
And um, I hope this has been very practical for you, Doctrine and Duty. And I praise the Lord for you. I praise the Lord for God's call upon me to be a pastor. I know this one's a little bit lengthy, but I didn't want to split it up into two. Uh, At the time of the airing of this episode, I will have finished, uh, Lord willing, by the grace of God, my sabbatical um, after uh, starting my 13th year as the pastor of Alexander Baptist Church, after having preached through 29 books of the Bible in that time period. And I just want to say all glory to God. Love you all. Take care. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church, located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.